Welcome to Putting the Real in Real Estate, the podcast about all things real estate, all things local, and all things life, where we hope to inform, entertain, and inspire. What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode seven of Putting the Real in Real Estate. I'm your host, Glenn Hawkersmith. And as always, I want to thank you for choosing to spend some of your precious time with me today. Today's episode is being recorded on March 9th, 2020. We had a beautiful, sunny and warm day here in the Ohio Valley yesterday as we sprung forward and moved our clocks up an hour. Wait, is it sprung? Is that right? Or is it sprang? I don't know. Oh, well, whichever it is, I am just thankful to have more daylight and more daylight along with warmer weather means that the spring and summer real estate market is upon us. That means millions of homes across America are about to change hands and the vast majority of those transactions are going to include a home inspection. You know, I would guess um, probably nine out of 10 realtors, if you ask them, would tell you that the inspection process is their least favorite part of the whole transaction. I know that's the case for me and most realtors that I know. And negotiating inspection repairs can be tricky, stressful, and the entire transaction can hinge upon the success or failure of that negotiation. You know, I believe there are really two key factors that determine that success or failure. Number one is properly managing the expectations of your client before the inspection, i.e. making sure that they know we're looking for major defects and safety issues, not minor repairs, deferred maintenance, or cosmetic issues. And number two is the inspector that your client chooses. Not all inspectors are created equal. And that's why I invited William Troutman with Certainty Home Inspections to join us today to talk about not only his company, but all things inspection related. William is a Southern Indiana native who graduated from Borden High School before traveling the country to play music, and we will talk to him a little bit about that as well. He later studied at Indiana University Southeast, Ivy Tech, and Carson Dunlop. William worked for Cutter Woodworking for 15 years, flipped homes for six, became a licensed inspector in 2005, and coached inspectors across the U.S. from 2010 to 2017. His company is currently comprised of 15 employees and performs residential and commercial inspections in Kentucky and Indiana. William Troutman, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Glenn, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to have this chat with you. Well, first of all, William, thanks for being here today. Um, I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I think this show will provide great value not only to realtors who listen to the show, but home buyers and home sellers as well. So why don't we, we'll get started by you just kind of telling us how and why you chose to become a home inspector. Okay, perfect. Um, you know, uh, I don't think anybody um, starts out in life thinking, hey, I'll just I'll grow up and be a home inspector. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it happens that way. For me, it was a series of events. Uh, you had mentioned that I uh, worked at Cutter Woodworking there for about 15 years. Um, and that company just grew with leaps and bounds. And uh, I was in human resources the last five years that I was there. And they brought in um, an upper management company, I'll leave their name out of it, but to kind of come in and take over um, or help oversee, um, you know, management of the business. And so they'd been there a couple of weeks. And within that two weeks, um, they had let the whole safety department and HR department go, bang, just like that. And so um, I found myself, they did give me a little severance pay. Sure. Um, so I found myself, you know, three kids and a wife. And now, now what are we going to do? Well, I've been in construction off and on all my life through high school. Uh, my family, you know, dabbled in it and what have you. And, um, and my, my parents even uh, were not really ever very well off. And so uh, my dad would uh, find older homes and for the rent, we would do repairs, if you will. So that exposed me to a lot of it as well. Uh, but when Cutters let me go, they gave me a, a little severance pay. And so I bought my first home at that, at that point. I didn't know what else to do. I, I knew that I didn't want to clock in for anybody anymore. Sure. I'd been there, done that. Um, so, I, so I purchased a home. Um, and we do the construction loan um, deal. You know, we would live off of the construction loan. 
right. and go to Home Depot and charge up the card for materials. That's, and, and it was like you were standing at the roulette table. Please, Lord, somebody buy this home before bills, <laughs> sure. bills come due. Um, so through that, did that for several years. Uh, flipped like thirty some odd homes, and um, through that, got acquainted with a lot of real estate agents. And of course, I'd always heard uh, the good, the bad, the ugly about home inspections, but I'd never experienced one. And had a home in Salem, Indiana, that uh, we had fixed up. Really nice place. Gutted it out to the bones. Redid it all. And had a, a nice young couple looking at it, and here comes the home inspector. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to follow this guy around because I'm clueless to see what this is all about. And after about, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes of him being there, I'm thinking, what is this? You know, obviously I had a better idea of what this was all about than, than I thought he did. Um, and long story short, he ended up just scaring the bejesus out of this young couple um, over a lot of silly stuff. And so I had the opportunity after the fact to uh, speak to that young couple. I was trying to get the, the low down, the dirty, you know, what scared you away, blah, blah, blah. Um, but come to find out that was the fifth home inspection this guy had done uh, for this young couple. And, of course, from what I've heard from real estate agents about home inspectors, I kind of had that uh, in, you know, that mindset. Well, this guy shows up to start with in flip-flops and short shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're on a crawl space. Uh, yeah, so um, so long story short, um, at that that was the tipping point for me because I had several agents on me about, you know, you should be a home inspector. I'm like, <laughs> you know, who wants to do that? Um, but after that, I thought, you know, man, I think I could really do this and make a difference because I'm coming from a, from the side of, trying to sell a home and and see how detrimental the home inspection was to that. Um, because what happened here was what would have been a really, really nice home for this young couple, they mm -hmm. got scared away. And now they're out there still looking for you know a home. So uh, so long story short, that was the turning point. Uh, that's when I decided, hey, I'm, I'll take some classes here and look into it a little deeper. And, and, uh, and here we are today. Yeah, I imagine after flipping... 30 homes, you probably had a, a really, really good idea and, and gained a, a really good education about what to look for in a home. Yes, sir. And Hidden defects. Yeah. There. Some <laughs> of those major issues that might not be apparent on just your, your normal walkthrough that may, that may turn out to be, <laughs> cause right. huge issues for you later. Very so true. when you, when you first started, were you just, uh, do you just start on your own? Were you a single, single guy out there just, uh, trying to make your way or did you start originally with certainty home inspections? Did you start that company right away? How, how did that play out? Yeah. So, uh, eased myself into it. I got my license in 2005. I was still flipping homes. So I was, uh, I've never been the kind of guy to just sit around. And so, uh, financially what would happen, I have all my money invested in homes, couldn't buy one until one would sell. And then I'm sitting there. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, you know, between flipping homes, then I'll, 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 I'll take on this inspection deal. So 2005, I might've did 40 or 50 home inspections, just again, part-time. And by the end of that year, I was like, you know, I think maybe a guy can make a living doing this. So that's when we really started doing some marketing poorly, poorly marketing. <laughs> um, cause you know, back then I'd make out a word doc of I'm the bomb. Here's why you should muse me. Sure. Drop that off. And they went right in the trash can, of course. <laughs> Um, so from that point, and we'll get into that, but then I got into the coaching part of it, learned how to market, uh, which is a big, big game mm -hmm. changer. Well, and that's, um, that was kind of leads into my next question is when you went to school to get your inspector's license, did they teach you anything about the business aspect of it and actually running the business? Or was it all just about the home inspection process? And, and if not, where did you learn that business aspect? Was it from your previous experience at Cutter or did you have to kind of, I'm sure you, you probably learned a lot along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Trial and error is a big part of it. No, the, as far as the schooling goes, no. Um, you know, it was strictly about uh, preparing you to pass a national exam, which is mm -hmm. really tough. Um, very, very little, I, any, any business minded stuff that came out of that was all about uh, covering your assets, basically, uh, you know, how to write a report without leaving yourself open for, you know, legal issues. Mm -hmm. It was really the only business uh, aspect of that, sadly, sad to say. But they are all, all home, and still today, they, they are all uh, geared towards going into business for yourself. There's nothing about working for somebody first, mm -hmm. uh, which is sad because there really ought to be a one-year apprenticeship in this business. Sure. <laughs> um, because, and especially today, because most of it is all done online. Um, they may spend like a weekend together, 30 or 40 guys in a classroom, and they'll go through two homes together as a group. That's the infield training. You know, here's your license, go kill deals, basically. That's what that well, that's, Yeah, that, I mean, most other trades, you, you have to have to do a, an apprenticeship. Yeah. You want to go be an electrician, you're going to have right. to learn under someone else for a while, and I think that would that would certainly be a benefit to to people coming into the business and not only for the nitty gritty inspection part of it, but also the, the business and marketing part of it. So your mission statement 
and and vision on your website is all about empowerment. You talk about empowering buyers and sellers and real estate professionals to make informed decisions. And um, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, um, and then you touched on it earlier when you first came on talking about uh, setting realistic expectations. That's 99% of it right there. I mean, I think that's, a, that's it from start to go when you or from go to finish when you're uh, dealing with real estate, but especially on the home inspection part, um, you know, it's, it's a life lesson learned. Does it take long to learn that as an inspector? Hey, these people think I'm going to rip out the drywall and <laughs> get inside the walls and, or that it's some kind of a lifetime guarantee or uh, insurance policy, you know, so, uh, so setting those realistic expectations is the key um, to this business uh, at no matter what stage that you're at. Sure. I've, I've learned pretty quickly in real estate that setting expectations, not only during the inspection process, but during the whole buying and selling process and that, and, and the whole transaction, it's, it's all about setting expectations up front and making sure that your clients are, are informed and prepared and they know what's coming next and they're not guessing and nothing surprises them and nothing scares them. And I know you've been at this long enough to know that it's an emotional game Sure. Um, people fall in love with the house and got rose-colored glasses on. They only hear what they want to hear. Um, so we have to be able to cut through that. And, you know, um, it's delivering the message in a non-scary way. I don't want to scare anybody off again from, you know, having, having a home that's for them. But they need to be fully informed of what's going on. And that's kind of hard to do when they don't want to hear it sometimes. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've, I've seen that where someone is just uh, – I've seen both sides of it, actually – where someone's so in love with the home and they've made up their mind and nothing's going to change their mind and they're willing to, you know, pretty much accept anything right. uh, just to go ahead and move forward and close on this home. And I've, I've seen the other way around too, where you mentioned if those expectations weren't set up front by me or the other realtor, they see that inspection report and there may be 30 items on it and they just freak out. And in reality, 25 of those 30 items may be you know, just your normal wear and tear, deferred maintenance issues in every single home, whether it's four years old or 40 years old, or, or, are going to have some of those things. That's right. And it's, you know, setting the expectation that, hey, you, you're becoming a homeowner if you're not already, and you're going to have some of these issues that you have to take care of. A home doesn't take care of itself, right? And I, I you know, we'll get calls uh, still today, you know, doing an inspection a year ago or longer, and get a call about, you know, something's gone wrong with the home. And, of course, my first thoughts in the back of my mind are, welcome to happy home ownership. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, again, uh, the inspection is just a strictly visual day of, you know, when I walk out of that house, anything could go wrong. Sure. And sometimes it does. Right. So I want to talk to you about what you feel like sets certainty apart from other home inspection companies. You know, there are a ton of companies out there, and there's a lot of good ones out there. I know from... A realtor's perspective, uh, what's most important to me and my clients is, one, ease and flexibility of scheduling, two, friendly, knowledgeable, and communicative inspectors. Um, there's a lot of inspection companies out there, and a lot of the, a lot of the older school guys, um, I've seen their marketing, and it's, it's almost hostile to agents. <laughs> <laughs> and and I get you want to you know you you are working for the client you're working for the buyer or seller they're they're paying for the inspection and you want to make sure you're serving their needs first and foremost but you also have to have a good relationship with the agents as well so number three prompt organized and dynamic reports i.e. pictures video digital or at least you know, typed reports, not, not handwriting that you, you can't read and no pictures to reference. Um, number four information that's presented in such a way. And you mentioned this before that it doesn't scare or intimidate the client. Number five, super access once again. So I don't have to worry about trying to sync my schedule up with the inspector and the buyer and the listing agent and the seller where you can go in and, and schedule your own your appointments and you can get in the door on your own. Um, so those are things from my perspective that I look for and that I feel like sets certainty apart from a lot of other companies. What do you feel like as the owner of this business sets you apart? Yeah, um, you know, surprisingly what you just said, not having a super key or um, just those little things that make life easier for everyone involved, not just the inspector or not just the agent or the or the client, uh, but everybody. We're all headed to the same place. We're all trying to get that client to the closing table uh, safe and sound. 
And so to have that animosity between a real estate agent and the home inspector, I don't know where that came from or what, what that's all about. But I think, again, old school, like you said, uh, because the, the mindset of a lot of home inspectors is I have got to cover my butt. Sure. And so by doing that, then they do use scary language or more, you know, more st- stronger language, language than they need to in the home inspection report. So, um, so uh, coming into it again from the side of trying to sell a home, I had that, that perspective coming into it. So how can we make this simple? How can we make the process easier for everyone involved? And that's always been our, our mindset. And so, um, so you're talking about uh, what sets us apart first and foremost was I think we were the first to come into the area with computerized reporting, including pictures and videos mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So we're always looking for ways to raise the bar. Having access with a super key is kind of a no-brainer. Um, but then also being a one-stop shop because I know real estate agents, all oh, they need a termite, so I got to call the termite company. They want radon, so I got to call the radon company. They want mold, so I got to find a mold company. So we've uh, worked really, really hard to encompass all that within one phone call and been very successful with that. And we're always looking for like we just added sewer scope now where we can run a camera down your down your sewer line. So just anything that we can help help, help all that happen in one phone call, I think is is a huge huge plus. The thing that really, really sets us apart and makes it hard for me to find good inspectors is I have about a three-month training period that they have mm-hmm. to go through. Now, most of these guys, they take that class, they get their license, they're out there just killing deals. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so because I know and have learned the hard way, the emotions that are in this game, you know, that's, that's a big part of it. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And everything, every, you know, we're talking about homes here. Everything is fixable. To what extent does, does a buyer want to go or seller want to go? That's the line. It's not that something's broken. It's that something's going to be fixed, basically. So, um, so again, dealing with those emotions, training uh, our guys to be very aware of body language. Um, so if we're doing a review like you're talking about, we actually record our reviews as a video as well, go through all the pictures. Because when somebody reads something, they're left to interpret that for themselves. If they get you standing there in a video with a picture and you're talking about what you're looking at, you know, game over. They, yeah. they have to understand. I absolutely love that, by the way. Yeah, it's it's a big plus for us. And I'll tell you where that, that actually came from was it used to be back in the day, real estate agents were always there at the mm-hmm. home inspection. And then uh, one of the local attorneys here decided that wasn't a good idea. You were kind of putting yourself at a liability risk or whatever. And I'll just be flat frank about it. It's not the fact that the agent's there. It's what the agent says sure. when you're there. <laughs> so I think the agent really ought to be there because they can read those bo- that body language mm-hmm. emotions as well. So, um, so I put that in place because the agent was no longer there. And immediately after the agents disappeared, our phone started ringing. From the agent on the other end, my client said, you said, mm-hmm. like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, you know, because we're the last stop. We're the last chance to get off this train before we go to the closing table. So the client gets cold feet for whatever, and they see us as the excuse, the way to get out. And not that that's a big deal, but it does happen. And it happened like right off right off the bat as soon as we uh, stopped seeing the agents there. So that was the real reason of coming up with that video review. However, it's turned out to be such a big bang for the client. They can go share it with people that weren't there. You know, um, my dad, who's a carpenter, he didn't get to see it. So, you know, uh, so it's it's turned out to be a a huge plus in in several ways. But back to the point there, as far as what sets us apart, the number one thing is the training. Um, And the rest of these guys, they come in these classes and they start, you know, dropping off business cards and and begging for work. And it's, and there's no other training other than that, that short class, which is really setting them up to fail. Sure. And there's something that I've noticed about your inspectors is, and I, I usually, I never know which, which inspector is going to, to be, out at the home, but when I go back and look at the the review video, I can't really tell a difference between one inspector and the other, um, and that's a good thing. That means you're consistent. They're not going out on their own, and they're not throwing a lot of their own personal opinion into it. They're following a system that obviously they have been taught by you, and I think that's a real testament to the way you run your business and your training routine. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the things I, I preach to them is that, you know, it's uh, I don't care if you're eating at McDonald's here in Southern Indiana or you eat at McDonald's in Tennessee, you get the exact same Big Mac. And that's the idea behind what we're doing. You know, no matter which inspector from certain home inspections you choose, you get that same uh, result in the end. Yeah. And it's super valuable. And going back to that review video again, I try to, I make it a point to try to at least show up for the end of the inspection just to kind of get a a, an overall review from the inspector myself but a lot of times i'm not able to do that your schedule doesn't allow it so being able to get that inspection in my email and i go straight to the video before i even look at at anything else and that that's really really helpful super and it also allows me to hear because most of the time the clients are there and you can hear them asking questions that they may have 
after the inspection. And it kind of gives me some insight into what their concerns are. And that Absolutely. allows me to be able to address their needs uh, a little better. Absolutely. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. it you mentioned some legalities and, and, and having to cover cover yourself legally. And the realtor's always trying to cover themselves legally. And I imagine maybe, you know, that's where some of that animosity comes from. Some inspectors, maybe they've been pressured by a realtor before to overlook something or not stress something or maybe convince a client that, hey, this isn't, you know, a big deal just to get the deal done. And I, hopefully that doesn't go on, but I imagine it, it has. Have you ever had situations like that, obviously, without mentioning any names or specific situations? Have you ever felt any pressure from a realtor or a homeowner? Um, from from uh, not so much the homeowner because they're pretty much out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, agents are pretty smart about asking them not to be around, so they're mm-hmm. only getting the repair request list if you want or if you will, uh, which makes us you know the deal killer contract assassin because sure. <laughs> they only get to see the bad stuff. <laughs> well, I always say it, you're doing your job right if if half one party hates you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why I say we all fifty percent or a hundred percent of the time half the people hate yeah. you. <laughs> the seller always hates us. You know, we're yeah. calling his baby ugly. Um, but <laughs> sure. then when they find the home they want, they want that same quality. Of course, so they'll, they'll yeah. us out. So they cuss us at first, but then they look for us at the end. But as far as you know, I, I would say that ninety um, percent of the agents that are, that are out there are a hundred percent caring about that client and could care less about whether that deal falls apart or not, as long as things are done the way they're supposed to, supposed to be done. And it seems like this generation maybe is a little better at that than old school. You know, uh, when I started in 05, a lot of, what the heck's a home inspection? You know, sure. oh, it's, a, it's another hurdle before the closing for the real estate agents, <laughs> where that came from. So, so I think the mindset has changed now that it's just a norm. Uh, but back in the day, yeah, you know, we'd be doing the review and, um, and I, just one particular uh, instance, I'm talking, it's a 1950s home and there's a huge crack in the foundation. Like you could almost put your fingers in it. And so I'm telling the client, you know, there's going to be a water entry here. We need to get this taken care of. Blah, blah, blah. And so the agent stand over my shoulder and she makes a comment like, oh, no, it's a 1950s home. You got to expect those kind of things. Well, maybe so, but that doesn't mean it's not something that needs to be addressed. So sure. those kind of comments, I think, are what uh, puts the agent in a bad position um, because they make those kind of comments when it's, you know, way up right. out of their realm to make that kind of call. And once again, it's, it's like you said earlier, it's about empowering all parties involved to make an informed decision. Hey, this is a crack that could be an issue. Now you know about it. You're informed about it. We can we can ask for a repair. The seller can choose to make that repair or not. And then, you know, you can you can decide whether you want to move forward or not. And now it's you have all the information you need to know to make an informed decision. Absolutely. What are some of the most common issues you see? Um, I don't know how often or even if you do inspections anymore yourself, but I'm sure you're you're still up on on what's going on out there in the field. What are some of the most common issues you see that come up in almost every home that could be either avoided or corrected before we get to the actual okay, inspection? Uh, I do still inspect, uh, not every day, but uh, I'm out there two or three times a week. Do a lot of training and all that stuff mm-hmm. myself. So, uh, but to answer that, I always uh, I teach CE for, at uh, Glar in Southern Indiana here as well. And so one of the questions I always ask is, and I'll just ask you real quick, put you on the spot here, what what you tell me? What's the number one deal killer in a home inspection? What do you think that is? Number one deal killer, um, probably foundation issues. Foundation issues, and I'll take you off the off the spot here, but I get it all the time. Oh, foundation issues, mold. There's a four letter word. Yes, you know? <laughs> don't get me started so, uh, on that yeah. one. <laughs> so it could be any of those things. Um, a, a cracked heat exchanger in the furnace, any of those uh, things that pop up. But it all comes down to one thing, and that's a surprise. It's something that popped up in that home inspection. The seller was unaware. Now a lot of times the buyer instantly questions that, but typically the the seller's uh, unaware, and of course uh, the the buyer is totally unaware. So it's a surprise. But as far as as far as and we can get into that a little more about why we should do pre-listing inspections. Yes, that like that was my next my next topic. <laughs> but uh, but as far as what's number one, I have to say the number one defect is grading. If you want to say the one that's just most commonly found, how serious is that depends on the situation. But it's typically grading, and that comes from back when the home was constructed. Mm-hmm. You know, they backfill against the house, make a nice level yard. Well, over the next year or two, that ground's going to settle and compact uh, against the foundation, so we end up with a reverse fall in the yard or flat at best. And you want about a six-inch fall over the first 10 feet away to carry the water, uh, groundwater away from the home. So if I had to pull something out of my hat that says that's the most common, especially in new construction, you know, as we travel through here in in your neighborhood, um, you'll notice they finish those yards out really nice and flat. Mm -hmm. Well, next year, um, you know, it's going to be have a drop against the foundation. So if I had to 
pull something out of my hat, I'd say that's probably the number one. Yeah, that's a good point. I see that a lot, like you said, especially in older homes. And a lot of times it's a really simple, easy fix, but sometimes right. not so much. You've got a patio that butts right up to the foundation. Right. Now now what do you do? That's right. You know? That's right. And I try to, not specifically that defect, but um, you're talking about trying to set expectations. I, one of the classes I teach is all about trying to set those expectations for your clients. So, so I'll say, you know, when you're out showing property and, you know, you've been at this long enough, you see a trip hazard in the sidewalk or extensions missing on the downspouts, just little stuff. And I always tell agents, you should point that out to your client. That's going to show up in your home inspection report. And then that way, when it does, it's, oh, my agent told me about that. Instead of, oh, no, we've got a trip hazard. We got to, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that's something, the more experience you get as a realtor, you you learn these things and you start to point those things out to clients when you do your first walkthrough. So it's, A, it's not a surprise. Right. As a matter of fact, you, you just did a, an inspection for me uh, a week or two ago and while we were going over the review with the inspector, there were several things that, that he touched on that I remember pointing out to the nice. client. And I was like, yes, Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> made me look really smart. <laughs> Absolutely. So we mentioned pre-listing inspections and something that I do anytime I go on a listing presentation is I recommend a pre-listing home inspection. And there's a, a couple reasons for that. One is First of all, you want to know exactly what your situation is going into the listing, especially for myself, but also for for the the seller. Number two is there are going to be issues, even even with a, a newer home. There are going to be some issues with that home, and the more you know up front, the more power it gives the seller to take care of those issues in the manner in which they want to take care of them, where... You don't have a, a, a buyer dictating to you how you take care of a problem. So if you've got a, I don't know, a, rever a electrical outlet that has reverse polarity or, or it's not a GFCI outlet, well, the homeowner may be pretty handy. They may be able to take care of something like that on their own where you may have a buyer that comes in and says, I want a licensed electrician to come in and swap this, this receptacle out, which can be kind of costly. So homeowners can save themselves a lot of money not only on the expense repairs themselves, but also on the purchase price they may get for the home, right? Absolutely. Um, you couldn't, I couldn't be more true. Um, so I'm going to go back to another question for you. So, <laughs> okay. so I asked you what the number one defect is. I'm going to ask you now, what is the definition of a defect? Definition of a defect. Wow, you're putting me on the spot uh -huh. here. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, uh -huh. in my opinion, that's very subjective. It depends on which side of the cell you're standing Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. the sellers lived there 30 <laughs> years this way. What could be the problem? Sure. And to the buyer, you know, everything's a defect. Um, to the real estate agent, something is so we can get it repaired and get to the closing table. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, the mindset there is 90% uh, of it. So right now, um, and it's been this way for a long time, and, uh, again, we're always uh, – I, I care deeply about the inspection industry, and so and I've been a leader at some point throughout this process, and we're always looking for ways to make it better. So, you know, I always ask the question as well, why is the home inspection where it is in this process now? And the number one hands-down answer is that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. Well, if we always do what we always do, we're always going to get what we've got. So uh, right now, and the way this works is most real estate agents and most transactions, you sell a home twice. Okay, so the seller sets his price, the buyer comes along, they negotiate, seller drops a little, buyer pays a little more than they want, they, they're all happy now, and then I walk in. And I find $5,000 worth of stuff. Now this deal starts all over. Um, or the buyer walks, and now the seller's making house payments. That he's, and I just had this happen, a, a nice little home. The buyer hires us to do the home inspection. We get up there, and the crawl space is just covered in mold. Now, this seller has already signed the deal on another home mm -hmm. and just knew there was nothing wrong with his home, so this is a no-brainer. And now that deal fell apart. This deal fell apart. You know, And, just again, that process starts all over again. So you touched on it a minute ago. As soon as that home inspector walks in and finds an issue – all the power just went to the buyer, and the seller just lost all that negotiation that he had. So having this done up front, um, we've got one crazy, crazy cool program. Um, actually provides a lot of money back to the seller for the incentives of doing this. Um, includes even 125000 in free warranties that comes with it, which converts over to the buyer. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking for ways to make it sweeter and sweeter uh, for, for the seller to do this. And then lastly, um, and again, through teaching CE, I get feedback from agents, you know, well, why should I pay you three or $400 to come in and make a hit list now that I have to disclose to every buyer that comes along? 
Well, you want to do that now, or you want to do that two weeks right. before it, the It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, um, and then another kickback was the agent. Uh, agent said, "Well, you know, you do the pre-listing inspection, and the buyer comes along with their own home inspector, and they're going to find things that you didn't, and then we've got those hurdles." And that may be true, and with some companies, um, and I'm I guarantee if, if an inspector walks in and I've got a report laying out there, they're going to find something that's not in that report. Now it might be something silly like a door that doesn't latch, or but it's not going to be a deal killer. It's not going to be a five thousand dollar issue that's sure. going to cause the deal to walk. So, so by having this done up front, if, and we encourage them to have bring an inspector in. And so if they do find something that delays that close, something that we didn't find on the initial inspection that delays that closing or cancels that closing, uh, we're actually making that seller's house payment for three months up to $5,000 a month oh, wow. to kind of ho- offset that. So we're always looking for what's the roadblock, what's the, what's, what's, because we're trying to change the culture of real estate, if you will, uh, because doing this up front on the seller side is just so, so smart. I'll tell you, it's. When I sit down with people, the the first question usually is, okay, you know, would you recommend the carpet's worn out? Would you recommend us replacing the carpet, or should we paint? And and really, yeah, some sometimes that can that can help, but really, the value of having that that pre listing inspection, I just can't overstate right. how valuable that is. And something else you said, you know, an inspector may come in and find something you didn't, but it also gives you the gives the seller the opportunity to say. Here's the inspection. Here's what we took care of. Here's what we didn't. And here's what we're not willing to take care of. And we have priced it accordingly. Amen. Yeah. And like you said, you're not going back in. A lot of people don't realize that that initial offer that you accept, that purchase price, that could change substantially once you get through that inspection process. You know, and most of my sellers don't end up taking that advice. Right. Um, And I don't know if that's on me to do a better job of communicating the importance of that or if it's just something that like you said it's it's just a slow changing process but but hopefully hopefully that will begin to change and people will start being a little more proactive about it and just uh, being able to see the value in it you know yeah of doing it up front and like you said people are scared well if you make me aware of this problem now i have to disclose it and yes you do have to disclose it and yeah you could look at that as a bad thing i guess but Really, it's a good thing. It, it's it's helping you. It, it's taking some liability off you. Right. you well, know. You, you touched on it as well. So if we come in and do that inspection for the seller, and I've got, like, you, you use reverse polarity, that's perfect. Any of those kind of things. Um, and the, the big, big game changer here is now that seller can do those repairs himself, if he's able, or he might know Uncle Bob, who sure. has a, you know. Um, because, again, when the buyer comes in with their inspection, you bet. We're talking about licensed electricians, structural engineers, all of these big titles who charge big fees to come in there and cover their butt. So mm-hmm. now it's not just, oh yeah, that's an issue that needs to be fixed. It's, it's worded in such a way, especially structural engineers. It's like a big long paragraph for a crack in the sidewalk. Um, so it makes mountains out of mohills, um, cost the seller a ton of money um, when they could have gotten these repairs done mm-hmm. up front. And we work really close with the seller to correct that report for any changes that they make. Um, some want the before and the after, both included in the report. That's fine. Some of them will add, just hide the, hide the before, just what is it now? Um, and so that's been a big plus for us to be able to help that seller get top dollar faster with a lot less hassle. Sure. And something you said there is, is something else I wanted to ask you about. A lot of realtors get frustrated with certain home inspectors because you get this report and it almost feels like the whole report is written to CYA (laughs) instead of doing the job of informing the, the client, it feels like the inspectors put together a report that's just meant to not get them sued. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's an important thing. You, sure. you do have to, to walk a fine line there. So how do you, you all, I feel like you all do the best job of this. Thank you. How do you walk that line? How do you make sure you're, you're doing the best job for your client and giving the realtor and the client the most information so they know exactly what to ask for, mm-hmm. but without putting yourself out there too far and, and risking liability in the future. Right. And, uh, you know, report writing is part of the schooling that you go through and they're big on that. Just, you know, really, really heavy uh, CYA. So a lot of home inspection reports that I see have the complete 
SOP for home inspectors in that home inspection report. Um, we don't do that. There's a link, you know, hey, it's, it's and you sign a contract prior mm-hmm. to, you know, that, that's got all that stuff in it. So having that in the report, short little blurbs like above structure that says this is what a structural inspection is. I get that. Sure. Uh, but to put all that uh, CYA stuff in there. Um, just makes a report crazy. You know, a lot of people, they get, you hand them a 50 page report, they just freak out. There's, mm-hmm. there must be a lot wrong if the report's that large. And I'd say it's worse now than ever because now with video and pictures and all that, that takes up, you know, half the report is just pictures and mm-hmm. videos. So, um, so again, trying to keep that, keep that mindset straight. Um, we actually, as part of the training that we go through, uh, spend about 10 or 15 minutes in the driveway with that client before we ever open the door. Um, that just walks them through. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's not going to happen. Um, try again at realistic expectations. Today, the hot water heater is working awesome. When I lock this door and leave, it's there, it could go out. Um, so just making them understand that this is not an insurance policy um, or any kind of guarantee that goes with it. You mentioned insurance policies, and I think you've mentioned this before, but your your inspections include some warranties. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, they've been out there for a while, um, the, the ability for us to uh, purchase these warranties. And at, uh, years ago, it um, didn't go so well. Uh, the warranty company that was doing it kind of had some issues. Mm-hmm. And so I've kept, kept the eye on it, though, because I really, really like the idea. So here about two years ago, um, actually spent, uh, the wife and I went and spent the whole day with the owner of this warranty company, just drilled him about, you know, what... what Matter of fact, I made him show him show me his payouts <laughs> uh, because I, the last thing I want to do is I'll go out there and preach about how great this is, and sure. then and then and, and then the flip side of it is a lot of these companies who supply this kind of thing, they're all about your data. They want that customer's name and phone number so they sure. can start calling and blowing their phone up. So I want to make sure none of that was happening. So we eased into this slowly. Um, it cost me like fourteen bucks for every inspection I do to supply these warranties, uh, but it is one hundred twenty five thousand um, total. It's one hundred thousand on structure and then five year roof leak protection. Your underground sewer line, gas line, water line are covered. I mean, just stuff that most home warranty home warranties are glorified kitchen appliance warranties, where this is really, really built for the home inspection itself. So it just adds a lot of security to to that um, to that buyer or seller. And so the beautiful thing about this, number one, first and foremost, they pay off. Um, we've been in it for almost two years now. I'm yet to have a dissatisfied client over this because it's free money that just falls out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And again, it's things like, you know, we moved in and the dishwasher decided to die. Um, or, or, and I've had it happen twice now. Actually, we're on a third go around where the sewer line starts backing up. Now this flip homes are big right now. <clears throat> so these guys go in and they, you know, put a little lipstick on a pig, if you will. <laughs> Sure. And the home's vacant, so we go in and do our water test, and everything's fine. Well, the client moves in and introduces toilet paper and solids, and then the next thing you know, this thing's backing up. Hence the sewer scope I'm talking about. But in the past, it's always been when my phone rings and I get that, it's like, you know, I'm really sorry. It's beyond the scope of a home inspection. We have no idea what's going on underground. But with this with this uh, sewer scope, is the what this is called, this particular warranty, I've had this thing pay off three times right now. They just cut a check for $3,500 uh, to a lady. Exact issue that I just spoke of had... You know, um, not so great water coming up in her shower. Sure. Um, it turned out to be a crushed line out in the yard. So in the past, it's always been, dang on, you know, I'm sorry. It's home inspection just to cover that. Where now I'm able to say, you know, I hate to hear that here. File a claim uh, and we'll get you some help. I'm really glad you brought that up. And I didn't know you were offering that because that is something that a lot of times we don't think about. We go, Like you said, you get the home inspection and everything looks great. And it's an older home and you completely just the sewer lines out of sight, out of mind. And I've thought about that before recommending people, you know, have a plumber come out and run a scope through that sewer line just to, just to be sure you're okay there. And I'm glad to hear that you're offering that. What, what is the, is there a, a set cost for that, or is it just uh, uh, depends yeah. on the situation? No, it's uh, it runs one fifty um, to to run it out. We got it goes sixty five feet, so we can typically go to the street or to the tank. And I've had a lot of people just want to do it because they don't can't locate can't lo- locate the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, so this allows us to do that as well. So well, it's just a little LED camera, you know. It's, you, can, you can it's it's pretty amazing actually. I mean, you can see yeah. the the condition of the pipe inside, especially you get in the old clay tile or cast. Because um, that typically corrodes from the inside out. So um, even in your basement, you know, it might, it might look good on the outside, but inside, man, it's about to crack through. So, yeah. uh, so it just gives us a, another way to better inform and educate the client. And that's pretty affordable, I believe. I had to, I had to have a plumber come out once, and uh, we had a sewer back up here, and 
run a, a camera through hours and come to find out AT and T had ran their fiber optic line right through my sewer line. How about that? And I believe it it was about two hundred dollars to have them come out and do that. So one hundred and fifty dollars is pretty good. Pretty good. And the deal. reason we're trying to keep those affordable so the clients can afford it, but we're already there. Um, you know, where a plumber's got to pick up and go and just go do that one thing. We're already there to do everything else. So we just keep this tool in the truck and another thing that we can mm-hmm. keep out. And the, the, like you said earlier, you do the termite inspections as well. You can have that all in the same package. You don't have to try to schedule two different uh, appointments to have the, the termite guy come out and do their inspection as well. Exactly. So that's very valuable. So any crazy stories to tell in your years in, in, in home inspecting? Um, that you can tell, <laughs> uh, I'll try to keep it clean, but I said, you know, uh, again, you know, surprise is the number one deal uh-huh. killer. And it's, it, it always surprises me if you will, that, you know, uh, we, uh, the, the selling agent will fail to let the seller know that, Hey, when the home inspector comes, he's likely to have the buyer with him. <laughs> right. Um, and so we knock on the door, unlock it and open the door and the buyers there with us are like, Oh no, what happened here? We were just bragging about how they kept the home so immaculate, <laughs> like you know, like a bomb went off inside. Sure. And I always talk about surprise not being a good thing. So, you know, um, dog feces on the floor and play toys on the bed are not really good surprises. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be really surprised how many people just don't care. Um, so no, no scary stories. We found some crazy things and been in some tight situations, what have you. But if I was going to talk about one thing, a uh, surprise that could, uh, that listing agents could do is to educate that seller about what's about to happen and have that home prepared. Because I've seen a lot of people just, you know, you can tell when you just walk in the door that this is not the home sure. <laughs> that I looked at the last time. So, yeah. Well, I know you send out an email, uh, ahead of the inspection that I always forward to my sellers. Perfect. Um, because, and honestly, sometimes I forget, hey, to let them know, hey, make sure access to the attic is, mm-hmm. is clear and open and you don't have, you know, personal belongings stacked against walls and make sure they can get to the windows, so on okay. and so forth, so that we aren't asked to pay for a reinspection. Right. So right. that's something that's pretty helpful um, for me to be able to forward to and my clients. Uh, and we've learned that, again, we have a process that we do. You talk about the inspection reports being the same. Well, the process that the inspectors go through when they train with us is always exactly the same as long as the house. There's always exceptions, but pretty much 99% it's that way. And the first thing that we do is what we call clear that house, and that's to go through and do just exactly what you said. Do we have access to all these key points? Uh, because if you wait, if you don't clear that house first, you're doing the home inspection. Say if you're on a crawl space, we always do that last. You get to the crawl and there's a padlock on it. Well, mm-hmm. now you're going to be calling the agent, hey, we need to get in here. Well, I'll have somebody right over there 45 minutes later, and you've got another appointment to get to. Sure. Um, so that's, you know, just being smart about making sure that everybody's on game. So if, so if there is access blocked to anything, we're calling right at the start of that inspection. So they got that two and a half, three hour window to get somebody out there. That's a really good idea. Really smart. I was going to ask you, is there anything you wish you could change about the inspection process? And you may have answered that earlier when we were talking about pre-listing inspections. Is, is that Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. It just it just makes so much sense, and and uh, I don't know why it seems to be uh, such a hard sell, especially to uh, experienced agents that have been at it a while. Um, one comment I made was, "Well, you know, the 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 buyer may waive the home inspection." Really, you know, <laughs> how, how often does that? I'm sure that not happens, very often, but I don't see that being a, a willing to roll the dice on on that. So, sure. um, so it's just you know, again, being able to um, explain. Why? Why it's such a key factor to 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 move the to move that transaction forward, when a lot of agents are just burnt into this is the way it's always been, this is the way it's going to be, and this is you know what we're going to get. So, so it is changing the culture of real estate. We've talked about uh, all things home inspection here, and I wanted to kind of ask you a couple personal questions. Sure. Um, I mentioned in the intro you had told me that after high school yeah. you you took off and across the country and, and played music yeah. for a little while. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Um, your drummer, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Well, okay. I make a lot of noise. I don't know about the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got to play last night. As a matter of fact, or oh, sorry, yeah? Saturday night, a uh, little, little bar up in Salem just, just for fun. But yeah, uh, my family's always played music, uh, had a family band, you know, that's how it got started. And, uh, and um, actually, uh, my younger brother played bass and uh, we uh, lived in Arizona at the time. 
And an insurance salesman came to the door and seen our equipment and what have you. Well, it turns out, long story short, this guy was Willie Nelson's bass player. Oh, wow. X, say X. When Willie Nelson fires you, you know, there must be something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> uh, but he was, a, he was a huge help to, to get us going. So um, anyway, ended up back in Indiana, graduated uh, midterm there in uh, at Borden, and had uh, the opportunity to travel with a band, a show band. And when I say show band, they did top 40 on both sides, had like an hour show of 50s, 60s type stuff. Um, so it was really cool for me back, back in the day. And that, that allowed us to play, um, you know, a, a country bar and then turn around and do a college bar because that show would go over wherever. So yeah, we've traveled, uh, traveled, uh, all over the U S. So then you had to, uh, come back home and get a haircut and get a real job, That's right? right. <laughs> uh, the wife traveled with me for about five years and, uh, we, uh, expecting our, our first child. And that's why I said, okay, this game's got to change. Right. So, yeah. So I did, I got a haircut, got a real job. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have kids and, and grandkids. That's and right. That's right. Get to enjoy them now, four, right? Four beautiful grandkids. Yes. Awesome. So I, I was noticing on your website, you talk about company values and you use the acronym Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, and you have a, uh, you know, kind of a paragraph for each letter there. And obviously the first one is Christ. Um, I try to make his values of the foundation of my business and my life. And it sounds like it's the same for, for you and certainty. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always been, uh, the wife and I have always been strong believers. Um, and as, and as we put the business together and it became a bigger animal than I, you know, I never dreamed I would be a business owner someday even being a home inspector i was home inspector not having a home inspection business. sure so uh you know everybody uh, falls on their face i did too um pick yourself back up but as we as we started to really not just form a business but a team um which is the whole concept that we're behind and it's very very um faith-based i mean i don't know where everybody stands on that but but for me it's uh, you know you, you know if tomorrow never comes, you know, so, sure. so you want to leave a legacy behind and know that, um, that you're treating everybody right. And, um, so when you work for us, you, it's, it really is a family type atmosphere, really heavily teamed. I don't, I don't dictate at all. I don't make any calls. I make suggestions and ask questions. And as a team, uh, we come together to move forward. And what you see, the product that you're getting today is not, not me that's done that. It's, it's conversations with a team about what's best and, not just for them, but for the public as well and what we're doing. So, yeah, I won't say we're, we're not the most religious people in the sure. world, but we have strong beliefs in that direction, and we always try to consider Christ first. Well, and I, that, that, that's the same here with me and what I tell people. And whether you're a believer in God or Jesus or Buddha or whoever it is, um, I believe anyone can take the golden rule, which is treat others the way you want to be treated, and apply that to their life and things are going to work out a whole lot better for you. Make a difference in somebody's life. Yeah, apply yes. it to your life, apply it to your business, and regardless of religion or belief, you can't really argue with that rule, right? That's true. That's true. And whether you succeed or fail, you know that you did what you thought was right. Absolutely. So you support a charity called Exit Zero. Can you tell us a little bit about that charity and, and how you support them and yeah, you know, so, maybe uh, how others might be able to to get involved if they're interested in that. Yeah, well, order a home inspection with us. That's one way. Okay. Because <laughs> we make a little donation sure. to it. Okay. Uh, but we're always trying to do stuff on social media, what have you, to, you know, we just did a coat drive at all the local uh, real estate offices, just put a big box there and let people drop coats off, what have you. So it's an organization for the homeless um, here based out of Jeffersonville. Um, and they and they do great work, everything from, you know, trying to uh, supply meals to shelter in the winter and that kind of thing. So um, my philosophy was, you know, we were looking for, you know, how can we help, how can we be helpful, you know, to society and the community? And so to me, this homeless was like no brainer because here we are. People are buying homes. If you can afford to buy a home, you can afford a buck to help somebody that can't sure. afford a home, maybe. Sure. Um, so just any way that we can help and, and again, trying to do the right thing. And uh, it's not all about lining our pockets, but trying to make a difference in the world as well. That's awesome. That's a cool thing to me about the real estate business and other businesses on the periphery of real estate is we can we can really have an opportunity to, to give back. I, I try to set aside money from each closing that I do and, nice. and try to donate it to a charity. I'm actually starting a um I'm trying to start a scholarship fund for nice. For kids who might not necessarily be four-year university candidates, right. I'd, I'd like to encourage people to start learning trades again because, and you see it, there is a sure. huge, huge need for tradespeople. Sure. Um, so that's something that I'm start trying to get started. So I appreciate 
um, your efforts to try to give back back to the community. So you're giving away a cruise we in are. April? We are, yes. So tell me about that. Um, again, that's uh, some of the promotions that we do. Um, that Kayla, my daughter, she mm-hmm. takes care of all the outside marketing stuff, so that's kind of her uh, invention and her, her brainchild. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, trying to uh, social media-wise keep, keep people involved and engaged, and those kind of things are very strong uh, to make that happen. So... Um, and, and so we'll do that. I think the way she's got that set up, it goes on the quarters and then we, we narrow the number of people down and then have the final drawing at the end. So, cool. Yeah. So one more reason to order a home go. inspection right. with certainly home inspections. <laughs> <laughs> so William, I'm going to wrap this up. If people want to contact you or schedule a home inspection, um, they can email you directly at William at certainty home or just go right to your website. Correct. They can schedule an inspection right there. Online. Okay. And that's home, certainty home inspections.com. You're on Facebook, of course, certainty home inspections, Instagram at decide with certainty, or you can call at eight, six, six, four, one, seven, nine, five, nine, one. Did I miss anything there? That's a pretty good wrap. Okay. Anything you have, that you want to tell people about before we go here that we haven't already discussed? No, I think you covered it pretty good. I just, again, I can't say enough about the pre-list thing. I, I just hope that uh, that we are able to. And we're, and we're slowly moving mountains in that direction. Um, but I, I would really like to see it change. Again, uh, the reason why home inspectors have the bad labels of, you know, contract assassins and deal killers is because of where we are in the process. Sure. And when we do this up front for the seller, we're the hero. Um, and I'd just like to see that whole mindset change for the inspection industry. Uh, again, I'm knee deep, neck deep in it, um, and I just uh, try to anything that I can do to leave a legacy behind. Uh, that would be my that would be my goal. Awesome. Well, know that I am trying to do my part. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. William, thanks a lot. Thank I appreciate you. you stopping in today. Awesome. Have a great day. All right. Thanks again to William Troutman with Certainty Home Inspections for joining us today. I really enjoyed that, and I hope we were able to inform, entertain, and inspire you as well. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you are listening, if you haven't already, so that you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. I typically upload a new episode every other Monday, and will do my best to stay consistent with that. Coming up next time, my guest will be Jennifer Sino Tucker. She's an agent, real estate coach, and an author from Nassau County, New York, and I really look forward to speaking with her, and I hope that you will join me for that conversation. Check out my listings at glensoin.com and glensellslouisville.com. Hit me up on Facebook at Glenn Hockersmith Realtor or Instagram at glennhockersmith underscore Schulerbauer. And as always, I look forward to next time, and I hope you have a great day. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>